People die all the time. But we talk enough about them. Let's talk instead about those who aren't dead. That's right. We're looking at people who should have died but just didn't. From medical marvels to unbelievable luck, join us as we explore some literally death-defying acts and survival stories that are stranger than fiction. Hello and welcome to the Hoke Poke Pod, the show where we explore these strange and unusual. Really? We're just two idiots poking stuff we don't understand. So join us as we dare to ask the questions that nobody wants answered, such as how much of our brain do we actually need? Lightning never strikes twice. Or does it? And how do you kill an unkillable man? I'm Erica. And I'm Emily. And I'm just dying to get this episode started. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) (laughs) So this episode is all about near-death experiences, not so much the sort of spiritual out-of-body side of it, but more just... Freaky coincidences that saved people's lives. Yeah. Just really crazy things that happened that really should have killed someone but didn't and somehow they're still alive and walking around. Or maybe they're not alive anymore. Well, a lot of these are historical. So (laughs) I'm going to be straight up. A lot of my guys aren't alive anymore. But it was astonishing that they survived what they did and kind of beat the odds. I mean, this isn't really supernatural, per Mm. se, but it's remarkable and I think something that is comforting in a weird way. It's like you could have some truly, like, bad luck happen to you Mm. and might be totally fine. Yeah. It's, for lack of a better word, miracles, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, we're going to start with what I would think everyone thinks of when you think people who should have died and didn't, which is our dear old friend Rasputin, mm. who everyone knows he was the, the mad monk of Russia. We talked to the Tsar and Tsarina into basically letting his influence control Russia, and he's this great, you know, rah-rah Rasputin, everyone loves him. Yeah. <laughs> we love the guy. <laughs> and very, very famously, he was known as a mystic man mm. and... I don't believe he was mystic, like a lot of people. I think he was a con man. Mm. But there is the remarkable story of his death. This one's a little bit of exception because he did die at the end. Yeah. But it took a lot. Yeah. The main crazy survival story of Rasputin is this assassination attempt that took part. I think it was like the second last day of the year, actually, in Mm -hmm. 1916. And he had been invited to a party. Um, which wasn't really a party. Like they played fake music and everything upstairs to try to trick him into that there was a party and then invited him down to the basement to have a drink and have a chat. Why would you go to a basement to have a drink and have a chat? It's Russia and, <laughs> you know, it's, it's all basements and um, suspicious wine Scary stars. castles and gargoyles, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so these, these two royal figures, Yusupov and Pavlovich, mm. t- took him down to the basement and they basically loaded a fuckload of cyanide into some tarts and pastries wow yeah and offered them to Rasputin and he ate one and then he took another and then he ate another and he just kept eating these tarts that were full of cyanide (laughs) like a a lot of cyanide (laughs) and he was fine and then Yusupov was like like hey are you okay? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, a bit of a stomach ache, but I'm fine. So then they went over to the drinks table and they, like, quickly poured some more cyanide oh into, like, a God. bottle of wine. Because they were like, well, this fucker's not dying. Like, maybe something's wrong with the sweets. I'm pouring the cyanide into the wine. Like, Rasputin, you want the drink? And then <laughs> they, they gave him the wine and he drinks the wine, eating tarts and he's drinking wine and he's fine. And so his would-be assassins are like, what the fuck? 
like, are you feeling okay? And he goes, oh, my stomach's a little upset, but <laughs> it's fine. Let's keep going. Never want to turn down a party. Anyway, so they're like, they're here to do a job. So they actually take out a gun and shoot him in the chest. <laughs> While he's eating the tarts? While Jeez. he's eating the tarts and drinking the Jeez. wine. And they shoot him in the chest right next to the heart. And he mm. is fine. <laughs> Of course he is. But he's really angry because they've just tried to <laughs> shoot him. He's more angry than in pain at this point. Yeah. So he lunges and starts to like physically attack these two and oh. have a fight and he's like yelling at them. So <laughs> they shoot him again and then again and then again. Five times. Four, four, four across the one in the heart. So five shots in wow. total until Rasputin is finally down. And then they tie him up and they toss him into the river. And that's where he's found. He's the mm. sort of like great legend of the unkillable mad monk with sort of witch powers. Wow. So he didn't emerge from the river. He, no, they he found drowned. his body in and he was dead. And now look, not to like poop on my own party, but <laughs> there's a little bit of contention historically about how accurate that is. Mm-hmm. This was all like coming from the account of his of the assassins. Mm-hmm. He wrote yeah. like a book about it. But, like, why would you lie about how hard your target was to kill? I feel like if you killed someone of great historical importance, mm. you'd be like, I did a great job and I was sick at it. Yeah. And it went smoothly. Like, I don't know why you would lie about this. But mm. So that is our first unkillable. I mean, he was killable. But it took a lot. It took a lot of cyanide. I have a lot of questions. Was he just, like, immune to cyanide? Well, for those who think that this story has merit, there are a few reasons he might have been immune to the cyanide. Yeah. One is that potentially the cyanide interacted with the sugars in the wine and the tarts oh. to basically like nullify it. And like just give him a, a stomach ache. Yeah, instead. so they just basically wasted a whole bunch of cyanide and were just feeding him and drinking, like giving him drinks. Um, the other option is that he potentially had something called like gastritis, like alcoholic gastritis, in mm. which he had like some sort of thing with his body where he wasn't like producing enough stomach acid. Right. And apparently when you consume cyanide, it interacts with the stomach acid to actually produce the stuff that kills you. So if he didn't have enough stomach acid, it wouldn't have, the cyanide wouldn't have reacted. Right. And caused the poison. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so there's like, it could be real. We'll never know. We'll never know. It's and, a good story though. It's a great story. So this brings us to people who who should be dead or should have died mm-hmm. but didn't. Yep. This is more natural phenomenon related, I suppose, and this was my favourite one to research and this is 100% not made up. Okay. People <laughs> will ask me. <laughs> this one's facts. This got facts is 100% real. This guy, he was known affectionately as um, the human lightning rod, also the human lightning conductor. His name Rod's was Roy. Hmm? Rod's catchier. <laughs> Rod, Rod. Yes, Rod, the it lightning is. Rod, yes. Yeah. I mean, his name was Roy. So his name was Roy Sullivan. Oh. And he was a park ranger in Virginia between 1942 and 1977. And during that time and just after, um, he claimed to have been hit by lightning on seven different occasions and he lived. And this was all actually proven to have happened like they checked where the lightning strikes did he claim hit. it like at one like was it in one storm was it over the years it was over the years so i'm going to tell you 
every oh, okay. time that Fantastic. he got hit by lightning because <laughs> they're all different. Okay, and okay. it is a heck of a story. So starting off, like some scientists, they theorize that Roy's occupation as a park ranger in an area prone to thunderstorms, such as the national park he was working in, might have had something to do with his problem of constantly getting hit by lightning. I mean, it certainly wouldn't have helped. He's in a career where probably not prone to lightning strikes. Yeah, but. Look, I'm gonna. I'll hit you with some facts, just like some the lightning. Lightning, lightning fast facts. I'm gonna hit you with. Dun dun. <laughs> if you didn't know this, 240,000 people get struck by lightning a year. That is so not comforting. And that's around the world. Now this figure is a little bit contested because I couldn't really find a proper source for it. How many people actually die from lightning strikes? One I saw said 2,000. Another one said six to 24,000 die every year. That's crazy because my assumption would be that everyone who gets struck by lightning dies. Like that's, yeah. it's lightning. It's it's lightning. It's well, going to kill you. I know, but they live and with lightning. So the typical bolt lasts what we know that it lasts less than half a second and it spans like nearly five miles. I don't know how much that is in kilometers. <laughs> Off the top of my head, I'm sorry, I got no this off idea. a website. And they can have 100 million volts in them. And people survive it? And people survive it. But obviously it does wreak havoc with the body. Hundreds of kilovolts of electricity are coursing through your body in like less than seconds. Um, So some people, they get chronic pain, brain injury, concussion symptoms. Some people go on without any side effects, which is, again, a bit of a miracle. So good old Roy. Let's start with his first brush. With a lightning strike. You always remember your first. You always remember your first. <laughs> he was a boy. He was helping his father cut hay. The blade of his scythe got struck by lightning. So he wasn't harmed, but Jesus. that was his first brush with, with getting struck by lightning. And he kind of avoided talking about it because it sounded so insane. Cut two, you know, when he's a park ranger. The first strike happened in April 1942. There was a storm and Roy took cover in a new fire lookout tower that um, was yet to be fitted with lightning rods, which would have helped. Apparently the tower was struck multiple times and he would have like burned inside. So he fled outside and then he got struck by a thunderbolt. It scorched his right leg, knocked off his big toenail and burned a hole in his shoe. That was the um, first one. The second strike, <laughs> there's seven. <laughs> so Holy shit. The second was July 1969. So there was quite a break in that. So he would have thought, oh, my God, wow, what, once in a lifetime, you know. Twice in a lifetime. Oh, true, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, of the scythe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So in July 1969, this is probably my favourite one, Roy was driving his truck through the mountains of the National Park when a bolt of lightning ripped through nearby trees and went through his open window, through his hat, and then through the other window and hit a tree on the other side. It knocked him unconscious for 15 minutes. It singed his hair, eyebrows, and eyelashes. And the truck he was in stopped at the edge of a cliff. <gasps> what the fuck? And this was verified because they went and found the marks. Like the, the lightning strike That it marks. actually like hit the trees that he said it did and it clearly went like. Holy um, shit. And obviously his like, if he was wearing a hat, it would have been. It would have been scorched yeah. and singed and burning. <laughs> yeah. and- so he lived through that. The third strike. July 1970, so exactly one year later. No. This is like so weird. No. A flash of lightning out of the blue struck a power transformer. It crossed a grassy area and it hit Roy's left shoulder. 
Okay, this is like Final Destination. Like yeah. something's Seriously. got it out for him. I know. This is not normal. Especially a lot of these he describes as they were out of the blue. <laughs> like, <laughs> And he did say that he always felt like storm clouds were like following him, that he couldn't get away from them. Okay. It's really weird. So, the Is it fourth- weird if at age 26 mm. I suddenly start believing in Zeus? <laughs> Is that, how's that going? Look, I'll give that to you. You don't believe in ghosts, but Zeus, yeah. Zeus, yeah. We can do that. So, the fourth strike was in spring 1972, so two years after his scout first caught fire. <laughs> um, Roy was inside a ranger station of the National Park when lightning struck again, Fuck. resetting his hair ablaze. <laughs> Two years later, like it's still the smoke, still like he's just gone out after two years. So, uh, this part is my favorite. He couldn't get his head under the sink faucet as the sink was too small. So, he used a wet towel to douse the flames on his head, but he couldn't squeeze his head under the towel. (laughs) Why is that added to this story? I'm sorry. (laughs) This is a guy who got struck by lightning seven times. The size of his faucet, I feel like. It's go- it's just the image of him trying. <laughs> trying to, like, he's like, oh, I guess it happened it again. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, so at this point, this is like Roy's. Like, this is not a coincidence. Like, something no. is happening to me. He yeah. starts carrying a can of water with him at all times. A can of water? Why? Because you, in case he gets struck by lightning. Oh, fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a superintendent said, this is a quote, the park spent a lot of time and effort trying to ground the Loft Mountain Campground entrance station where Roy spent much of his duty time because of how much he was getting struck by lightning. So the fifth strike, okay, was August 1973. Roy was on patrol in the park and he spotted a storm cloud and he was like, oh, hell no. Yeah. And he put his truck in reverse and drove away as fast as he could. He says the cloud followed him, so he continued on to where he thought it would be safe. The second he stepped out of his truck, he looked up and a singular bolt of lightning shot down from the cloud into his left arm, down his left leg, knocking the shoe off his foot, up his right leg and set his hair aflame again. (laughs) It didn't. Wait, you said it went all the way down, like instead of going up. Straight from the shoulders of the head. It went down through the leg and back up again. <laughs> How does he even know that that's the route the lightning went at? So, I don't know. I guess that they maybe they figured it out. But he had the can, so he used the can to dust his head. <laughs> so the sixth strike, oh June 1976, yep. Roy was hiking a park trail, and a lightning flash tore into his ankle and set fire to whatever remained of his scalp. (laughs) Um, So he described an ominous storm cloud following him through the forest and he was convinced something was trying to destroy him at this point. Yeah, I would would be too. Yeah, right? And um, it was to the point where whenever there were storms, his colleagues were like, no, I'm not going near you, and they told other people to stay away from him. So the seventh and final strike, he lived through this as well. This is not the end. Six months was six months after Roy retired from working in the National Park. Where I was going to say, this man is dedicated to the park. <laughs> like, really, he's literally risking life and limb and hair to be there. I know. Well, I don't think it was the park <laughs> because Uh-oh. But he had retired after, you know, a lengthy career and also getting hit by lightning six times. Yeah, I'll do it. And, a world, you know, making a world record. So he was enjoying a, a day of trout fishing in mm. June 1977 when out of nowhere – 
a lightning strike came down and struck the top of his head and scorched his hair, chest, and stomach. Jesus Christ. So that was the fight. And he lived through that as well on his little boat. And was he okay? Like, I know he lived through it and obviously kept working, but was he like okay physically? Yeah. <laughs> like, it- <laughs> apparently, there were some pictures Jesus. of him just showing his scorched hat and shoes and stuff. And his hair, I think he was like kind of bald because his hair's been set fire like four yeah, times. Yeah, do it. So, yeah. <laughs> but it's just crazy because. Even doctors around the world apparently were contacting him, trying to get him in so they could to study, study him. him yeah. What makes him so like conductive? Yeah, what was the? I cause? would also love to get like someone out there who's way better at maths. If you could yeah. just tell us what this did, like, the, what are the odds? I have the odds. Oh fuck yes, tell me. I do. All right, the odds of being a lightning victim in the U.S. in any given so this is in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, in any given year is about one in seven hundred fifty thousand. So. A George Washington University statistics professor once calculated that the odds of somebody being whacked by lightning seven times is 4.5 in 100 nonillion. Sorry. <laughs> which I had to look this up. Nonillion is like 100 followed by 30 zeros. You can't just make up new words. <laughs> it's, it's a thing. Calculate. Nonillion. It's seven rows after like a billion, if that makes sense. So it's the like you can see there. It's thirty Holy zeros. Shit. And so that's, that's what the odds. That's are. someone calculated. That's the odds of being st- struck by lightning seven times in your life. That's what happened to Roy. Holy shit! Questions? <laughs> I mean, okay. Roy is. This is the thing. Is is Roy the luckiest or the unluckiest person in the world? Because mm. I mean, he survived something yeah. that it, it is astonishing anyone survives once. Yeah. But he survived it seven times. But then he also got struck by lightning seven times. He did. And he was fine. Mm. Yeah. He lived. He walked away with just scorched hair. I mean, yeah, obviously his scalp was a bit worse for wear. Well, speaking of someone else who who mm. lived through something that they certainly shouldn't have is another very famous case. I'm kind of doing like the celebrities of yeah. should have died. <laughs> this is a man named Phineas Gage mm-hmm. who is – like a, a medically in like in social studies and, and psychiatry, a lot of people mm-hmm. know about Phineas Gage. But he was this man who in 1848, um, he's 25 years old. He's the supervisor at like a railway company. Yeah. Where they're doing a lot of construction. And his job is to like tamp gunpowder into a hole mm. to get it ready for explosion. So like tap, tap it with a big rod. Yep. So that it settles and that they can blast yep. the mountain easily. And he uses a tamping rod for that, which mm-hmm. is like a very long sort of one meter long, three centimeter wide metal stick. Yeah. It weighs about seven kilos. Mm-hmm. So pretty heavy. Um. Anyway, he's tamping the gunpowder in and he tamps too hard and the gunpowder goes off oh and no. it shoots this rod through his cheek sort of under his eye, through his left cheek, oh. and up. Oh, no. His skull out, up out the top. Oh, my God. And the whole tamping rod, the one metre long, <laughs> three centimetre wide tamping rod, goes through his brain and takes some oh. of his brain with him. Oh, my God. And flies out, like, at the end. Like, it's landed yeah. metres behind him. Oh, yuck. Yeah. He's okay. <laughs> well, he's just like, ow. Yeah, he's conscious. 
And he takes himself to the doctor. <laughs> or he gets the doctor to come to him. Maybe, he's yeah. not, like, fully, like, you know. Yeah. And apparently he says to the doctor, like, he's a case for you. <laughs> I've got a huge And rod. according to this doctor's report, he has he's a, he can look through, like, his skull and out the other side. Like, he's got a chunk of brain missing and some more brain is kind of just, like, falling out. His brain is falling out. Oh. And it's 1848. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. So what do you do? <laughs> so what do you do? So they he wraps it up mm. and he <laughs> basically is, is going, yeah, I guess everyone come say goodbye to Phineas Gage like while he's yeah. still miraculously conscious. Mm. And this goes on and he just doesn't die. Wow. And he is okay. But like, how does it heal? Like, what? Like, they just have to heal the – they pull the skin over. Ugh. And he's got, like, you know, a big sort of lumpy head now mm. and a lumpy cheek. But he heals. And he's okay. Oh, my God. And he's got, com- like, complete normal motor yeah. function, complete, like, awareness with wow. a three-centimeter sort of chunk of his brain totally removed very violently. Oh, my God. The weird thing is, though, is that his – and this is where, like, other mm. people delve more into the story of Phineas mm. Gage and why he's, like, a medical marvel, aside from just surviving something unsurvivable. Yeah. Is that his personality changes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So maybe – I wonder which part of his brain – It was the the temporal lobe, like the front the temporal, temporal lobe. lobe. Yeah, okay. And there's, like, a lot of really good, like, podcasts and things out there about – why this changed his personality that are way more medically yeah. knowledgeable than <laughs> We don't know what we're talking about. But it's fine. we're just here to be like, holy shit, Phineas Gage had a rod project <laughs> through his brain, taking his brain with him like a little rocket, and he was fine. Wow. I mean, he wasn't 100% fine. He did suffer, mm. like, some seizures, and it, mm. he died about 10 years later at the age of 36. Oh. Um, oh that's Although 1848, yeah. You know, yeah, could have been anything else. <laughs> yeah, um, after having a lot of seizures, that just kind of got worse. So yeah, that probably was a result of the brain injury. But he lived another ten years, like eleven years, wow. with a full time job, functional member of society, walking around in eighteen forty eight doing his business. Oh my god! Yeah, that is a medical marvel. Medical marvel. That is like crazy. I feel like that's on par with somebody who like. Is spontaneously um, combusted or something. We will do an episode on spontaneous combustion. Oh, yes, we will. that is really cool too. (laughs) Another natural phenomenon that leads me into the next story Mm -hmm. of a person called Anne Hodges. So this is the only person to have ever in recorded history been hit by a meteorite, but been hit by a meteorite and she lived. Okay. And the story is quite odd. But interesting. And it's another, it's kind of like Roy Sullivan where it's like this happened and then this happened and it's like what? Yeah, more shit Um, happening. So on November 30, 1954, Anne Hodges was taking an afternoon nap on her couch and unbeknownst to her, a meteorite was hurtling (laughs) to the sky down to earth. So the chondrite? Chondrite. I'm going to say chondrite. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what that is. It's a type of rock. Like a media? <laughs> is it a media? Let's right. just say interplanetary rock. Yeah, or space um, rock. It fragmented into three pieces during its descent, and one of the pieces smashed through her roof, bounced off a radio, and hit her in the hip. Ah, oh, so, okay. And it was, so it was 3.8 kilos, 
and estimated to be 4.5 billion years old. Gee, I mean, I was imagining it was going to hit her on the head and I was like, no one can survive It would be that. game over. But it yeah. bounced off the radio and like smacked her in the hip. So now I'm yeah. understanding a little yeah. more. So the house was filled with dust. So they actually didn't know what happened. They, I think it was her and her mother home. They thought that the chimney had collapsed uh-huh. or like a heater had ruptured or something. And then once she spotted the rock on the floor and she saw the bruise on her hip, which was massive, they called the police and fire departments. Okay. With the arrival of emergency vehicles, word began to spread that the Hodges house represented ground zero for this meteorite because people saw it going through the sky. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah burning up in big. the atmosphere. Like, I mean, that's the thing. How big it, I mean, it broke off into little chunks. Yeah. But, but like, isn't it the thing for, for something to survive our atmosphere mm. and still be intact? It has to have been enormous before it reaches Oh, my God, us. yeah. I mean, for it to come down and it was 3.8 kilos. So the United States Air Force helicoptered in and they took the rock. Um, <laughs> okay. Which, and they were like, hey, it's my rock. Does she not get to keep the rock? So this is a whole thing. Like yeah. lawyers got involved yeah. about who it owns the rock. It's in her house. So next thing, their landlady, who was called Birdie Guy, believed it belonged to her Fuck, because she owns I the property. Knew it. You said as soon as you said the landlady was involved, I was like, this fucking leech <laughs> is going to come in and claim that this is her rock. Are you joking? Are you jo- Fuck off. I'm so mad right now. <laughs> they had to hire a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh, yeah. And they did get it back. Good. But the legal battles and public attention became a lot. And there was a lot of back and forth. They used it as a doorstop for a while. And then there was <laughs> a time where they couldn't, the offers were dwindling a lot for it, where it was just very difficult. So they um, ended up donating it to the Alabama Museum of Natural History. Good on them. But apparently I read that you have a better chance of getting hit by a tornado and a bolt of lightning and a hurricane all at the same time than getting hit by a meteorite. And when it split up in the atmosphere, so the the piece hit her. The other pieces landed like miles away, like wow. not even, not even well, like yeah, at the house. Yeah, because I guess from yeah. such a distance, the full sort of radius yeah. is, is enormous. It's it's more that she survived this, and then it became a huge legal battle of who owns the rock. Oh, <laughs> oh that makes me so angry. Like <laughs> landlords, am I right? And this was in the fifties, you know. <laughs> oh, I mean, fuck. But okay, to be was she like okay physically, like big bruise, obviously. But yeah, I assume. Jesus. I mean, that is she so lived. cool to get hit by media, Ryan. It's cool, and right? Yes, yeah. You're fine and she's healthy. And yeah. There was no, like, permanent. Like, that's cool. She was napping. Imagine, like, getting woken up by just getting hit by, by something. By meteorite. Being hit by meteorite and surviving. I mean, because yeah. that's the point of the episode, isn't it? It's, like, these amazing survival stories. And yeah, that's, true. You imagine getting hit by meteorite, like, the dinosaurs, like, psh, everyone dead. Yeah. But just, like, a little flick on the hip. I love how we could have framed it like that from the beginning that these are survival stories, but no, we said people who should be dead. <laughs> yeah. Like, like we have vindictive. They are survival <laughs> stories. Everyone in here, well, with the exception of Raspian, everyone in here survived mostly, which takes mm-hmm. us to our final story. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is going to get a little gruesome. Love it. Our person is AK and our person is mm-hmm. Stephen McCormick. Okay. Who is a Kiwi, a New Zealander, mm-hmm. in 2011. Um, and he's a trucker. Mm-hmm. And he is moving between, like, the front of the truck and the back of the truck, the cabin and the trailer. Yeah. And he slips mm. and he falls on a air pump. 
Which, like, if you can imagine yeah. a truck in your head, you know those, like, blue and red, like, coily spirals? Oh, yeah. Between the – yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Oh, so right, okay. So he fell on that and it, he broke it, like, it unplugged itself and the head of the air pump got stuck in his butt. <laughs> <laughs> this is so – I'm so immature. It's, like it, – it, and it not, like, up his butt, like, it – Stabbed him in the butt, like his oh, left dear. cheek, and like stabbed him. Um, oh dear, that's which not, a good, not, not a fun day. Not not a fun day. It got worse because it was actively pumping air at like a crazy rate. I, I did look up the number. It didn't mean <laughs> oh, anything no. to me. Okay, so it was pumping air, which if air is pumped into your body where air is not supposed yeah. to be, that's like instant death. Yeah. Like if you get a syringe and inject that into someone's bloodstream with a single air bubble, like you're instantly dead. Yeah. Like the human body is very specifically designed crazy. and air is not supposed to be where it's not supposed to be. So he's, yeah, this air pump goes into his butt Mm -hmm. and starts to pump air very quickly. Um, The nozzle's in his butt and the compressed air begins to pump air between his fat and his muscle. Right. And it essentially starts to separate his fat from his muscle. And he starts to inflate. Oh, like a balloon. Like a balloon. His whole body is inflating. And he ends up inflating oh to nearly twice his size. Oh, my God. Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, and it's it's the actual, like, flesh and fat is, like, peeling off the muscle. Like, he's getting, like, skinned on the inside. Oh. Anyway, so his trucker buddies rush over and they put him in recovery position and call the ambulance, et cetera, et cetera. And he gets rushed off to ambulance because they're like, what the fuck? What happened to you? Wait, did, how did they get the thing out of I guess they just pulled butt. it out because this is what's crazy. He's fine. <laughs> he was fine. It, by some miracle, not a single organ was punctured. Blood vessels weren't punctured. His wow. skin never broke. Like, it just kept stretching and expand, allowing for this inflation. And he was fine. So oh they removed God. the pump and they just waited three days for him to deflate. And he deflated. And he, like, he was on a, lot of, on a lot of pain meds. Obviously, it was very painful. Oh, I bet. Yeah. And they monitored him very closely. Yeah. But that was it. He was fine. He just inflated up like a balloon twice his size and then deflated. And he's fine. <gasps> oh, my God. It's insane. How was his skin? Was it, like, super stretched? No, it was. I guess it was fine. It went back to normal. Like, I saw a photo of him afterwards and it was chill. Wow. I don't know how that, like, I guess... What are I the chances of that happening? Right? For, I mean, one, like, just, oh, and then, and he, yeah. Um, and he describes the feeling of his skin. <laughs> this is so disgusting. He says he felt like a pork roast Ew. with crackling on the outside Ew. and soft, squishy pork beneath. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> disgusting. Oh, that poor guy. That poor, and this is, like, the not the first instance of people sticking air nozzles, like, up their butt. Because well, no. for obvious <laughs> I mean, okay, he didn't he didn't stick it up his butt. It, it, it went into his butt. He fell. Very different. <laughs> because people have put nozzles up their butt before, and it's really the, the people die. Yeah. Their colons explode, leaving poop and skin yeah. in their organs. Like it's a, it's disgusting. It's such a mess. Don't ever do it. Don't stick things up your butt that aren't supposed to be up your butt. Um <laughs> it's a little lesson for everyone. Um Are you so you're talking like a hose nozzle? No, like- nothing. Especially nothing that's like moving and something from one space to another. You know what I mean? (laughs) You just said it's like pumping air extremely fast. Like pumping air or pumping water or don't put any of that up your butt. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, people get 
fucking what are they like? Col- no, not column. You know, the the one with e- enemas. People get enemas all the time. That's pumping water up your butt. Don't do a hose though. Nothing pressurized. <laughs> Don't put anything pressurized up your butt, please. Anyway, this has been medical lessons with Erica. <laughs> But he lived. He blew up like a fucking balloon, twice his size. And he lived because that nozzle just went in the exact right spot, peeled him internally. Uh, but he was fine. <laughs> he just deflated. Apparently he was really, really gassy. Oh, I and bet. And he had yeah. to sort of fart and burp a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he was okay. Wow. So did his body absorb the air? Is that like kind of. No, it just. It's like, it back it just out filled him. It just filled him. And I guess they got the got nozzle out quick enough. Yeah, to, for it to stop filling him up, like oh my yeah, God. he just like I guess if it had kept going, he might have popped or his Ew. skin would have ruptured or organs oh, would have yuck. ruptured. Like would have been so icky. But like yeah, they they obviously pulled the nozzle out early enough so that he'd been inflated like a balloon, but not popped yeah. like a balloon. Oh yeah, and it just landed in the right spot yeah. that it didn't hit any further. Oh my God, if I was him, I would have been annoyed. I didn't like float away and like start levitating. <laughs> Would you have been annoyed about that? I would have been like, I should, I have rights here. <laughs> I should be flying. I mean, it wasn't helium. I wonder if it was, had been helium, maybe that <gasps> would have been possible. That's a good question. If you accidentally fall on a helium pump, I'm not yeah. telling anyone to try Don't this at home. Try do this not at try home. this at Absolutely home. Do not try this at home. But, but. If, if you do fall on a helium pump mm. and you blow up with helium, That's a really good would question. you float? Fuck, I, it's, I want to like, Part of me is like, no, obviously, I feel like you'd be too heavy. But another part yeah. of me is like, maybe. <laughs> right? Like, maybe. I don't know. If it's a lot of helium. Look, if someone can get struck by lightning seven times and live, and someone anything else can, can get a rod through your head, I feel like anything is possible. Anything's possible, exactly. Get shot five times yep. and poisoned, poisoned and then drowned. And drowned mm-hmm. and then get hit by a meteor. Like, it's really... Anything goes out there, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. These are, I guess, what we wanted to call superhumans, I suppose. Yeah, I think superhumans. After all, I've been three. Let's give them that type. Superhumans, good. Like, you did something crazy. Yeah. Defied the odds. I guess for the verdict for this one, Mm -hmm. the verdict is are they lucky or unlucky? Mm, Right. I would say lucky because... They lived another day. I mean, particularly in the cases that we're talking about, that they were okay. Yeah, that's the thing. They were okay. They yeah. weren't, like, grievously injured. Yeah. They were okay, yeah. with the exception of Rasputin. But <laughs> he was more of, like, a little intro teaser. <laughs> yeah, they were okay. Yeah. So I, I feel like you're right. I feel like they were incredibly unlucky at the beginning, but then the good luck kind of outweighed mm. the negative luck. Is that your verdict? That's my verdict. I feel like, like, luck... Lady Luck sort of <laughs> fucked up and gave him like a huge dose of bad luck and then like overcorrected. Like, oh shit, 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 shit. I gotta pile like all this good luck on now. That's what I feel like happened. Oh my gosh. Although I feel like with Roy, he genuinely felt like something was just trying to kill him. The storm clouds were following yeah, I, him. I would too. I don't know if he had much good luck, really. He went trout fishing and got struck by lightning for the seventh time. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe Roy wasn't quite so lucky. So maybe some people do have that that balance. Maybe of luck. luck also isn't a thing, though. That's also that's true. Is it just coincidence? Yeah. Look, I don't believe in luck. 
Mm. Oh, wait, well, I mean, you can't not believe in luck. But you luck believe in just, Zeus, okay. Luck is, okay, I believe in luck because luck's a, a thing. I don't believe in karma or mm. giving yourself bad or good luck. Does that make sense? Like putting energy out into the universe and Yeah, like people can get lucky. Like you can walk around five, $10 note on the ground and yeah. get lucky. But I don't believe that people manifest good or bad luck. Mm. I think this is random. Yeah. Look, it probably is. And on that depressing <laughs> note... <laughs> Stay dry, stay warm, don't get struck by lightning. And don't put an air pump up your butt. <laughs> Dad, I feel like that was it. This has been the Hoke Poke Pot. I'm Emily. And I'm Erica. We'll see you next time. You've reached the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you like what you've heard, it would be fantastic if you could rate us or leave a review. Or better yet, show us to some of your friends. Get the word out there about this spooky little podcast. If you want to know more about us or this episode, you can visit our website, thehokepokepod.com.au. We post updates, links, episodes, and any references we've mentioned, you'll be able to find them right there. We'd like to say a huge thank you to Giano Timble for the amazing graphics and art that he's made for the podcast, as well as our undying appreciation to Robert P. Kelly, our marvellous and ever-patient editor. We love you, Rob. And finally, if you'd like to contact us, you can send us an email at hokepokepod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Feedback, episode suggestions, whatever takes your fancy, we will be there. Thank you so much for the support and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.